4 o'clock hour, Cofield and Company, Battleborn Broadcast Center. We'll have Justin Watkins in here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to get to the big four, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada at 766-1400. Back in the Finley Toyota Studios, Damon is steering the ship. Good day, good day. Any more baseball updates, or even you are not going to be paying attention? Uh, I haven't looked I since. Just, I just got a text from one of my Yankee fans. Uh, what, what would it be? I guess Yankee friend. Fan, fan friend. Fan friend. Yeah, there you go. And he was uh, griping about, uh, oh, the Texas game, because Jordan Montgomery pitched. Yes. Who the he Yankees did. were like, yeah, we don't need him. He was good. <laughs> Gave me seven innings to shut up also. I think he was pretty solid. Um, no, Minnesota's still up right now, 2 nothing, bottom of the seventh inning. So they're looking to eliminate the Toronto Blue Jays. And then we get game started at 4 and 5. How about that? Why can't you just start the game at 7? I don't care if it's played. Started at 10 o'clock out in Philadelphia. This is what you get, all right? You want some West Coast viewers? How are you going to start a baseball game at 5? You barely get people to watch anyway. I want to go to a bar tonight and watch the game. I got no kids. I got no wife. I want to do something. I want to waste my time. Think of me, baseball. Your, your uh, fun pass has sounded so boring. Oh, all I've done is work. I know. I mentioned oh, yesterday. Yesterday, you want to know what I did? Justin Watkins is in with us. He bragged about this fun pass because his wife and kids were going out to California for a couple of weeks. And he's like, we got to go out. Let's go do stuff. Oh, okay. but in my defense, he has not invited me to a single thing. Oh, I haven't really gone out. A single thing. I actually, I did. Well, I told the story yesterday. I went out on Saturday. Um, he actually but, told me about his plan Saturday night, knowing I had nothing going on, was home by myself, and didn't invite me. Uh, it's a group you well. It's a group you would have known a couple of us. Uh, you're right. I should have invited you out. I I, 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 I owe you a makeup, Justin. What's going on? Ah, happy to be here. I'm always late to my own studio. It's hard somehow. to get here. I know. It's a, it's no, it's quite, it's quite the complex. It's really easy to get here to Battleborn Injury Lawyers, I, for, especially for me. I like just go walk upstairs, but somehow I always uh, run it run it late when I'm here. But so you so all you've done is work on your fun pass. So, yeah, I've had at, at work, I am our main NBA writer, so our NBA betting season preview yep. uh, comes out tomorrow. So I've literally just sat and wrote that whole thing for, like, this entire time, plus other, of course, uh, things that I have to do, like my normal writing duties. So, yeah, I've been working this whole time. You a golfer? Uh, in that, am I good at it? No, but no. do I enjoy it? Yeah. Well, there you go. Like, you got the best weather of the year right now. Yeah, my guy, that's a good point. Play. should go hit a driving range tomorrow or something. I had a I had an unintended uh, free pass for – it was it got close to 10 days i was supposed to meet my family out on the east coast last summer but my wife came down with covid while she was out there so the whole trip got canceled and she had to be quarantined for a couple of days before they came back i golfed every day i had a cigar on the golf course every day and then <laughs> and this is the funny part i bought myself a chocolate cake yeah and i had a slice of chocolate cake every night there you go See, I like that kind of stuff. I made yeah. chicken wings the other day, you yeah. know, just like just want to. No one else thing. gets them. Nobody gets it. I don't care if you don't like it. I like it. That's right. That's it. No complaining from the kids. They want to eat that. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> dad's gonna do what he wants. All right, let's get to the big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Uh oh, is this going to dissuade? Power fives from inviting Oregon State, or is it actually what they want? This is what they expect from their coaches. We've got controversy with one Johnny Smith, the head coach, Jonathan Smith, head coach of Oregon State. What's going on here, John? Uh, so in their win over Utah, I think it was actually just this last Thursday, um, they were up 21-7. to So what do you got to do in that situation when you're up late, right? Got to milk the clock. So lots of different hand signals and different ways to express to your team that you got to milk the clock. So what does he do? 
grabs his bosom and squeezes him a couple of times. Milk the clock, right? Squeeze your udders, milk the clock, let's go. Apparently he's apologized for it. We've gone too far as a society. I have been down with this movement of being open to other people's feelings. We've reached the other point where now we've come too far. What was that? It was fine. Well, and I was obviously I was watching the game as a as a Beaver grad, and uh, and the funny part about when they showed it, I mean they showed it, showed it. They were on them, and one of the guys was like, "That's a weird hand signal," and the other guy says, "I think he's saying milk the clock." He's like, "Oh, oh, yeah, yeah." But the other the the main announcer didn't get it. Um, uh, I mean, and here's the thing. This show does not care. We we had a long conversation about milk and cow milk and, and you know, female breast milk. You know, these are these are adult subjects. If yeah. you want to use your hands on your, you know, your moves, then you do what you want. Yeah. I mean, if you know Jonathan Smith, he doesn't want to be around any of this stuff. He doesn't want to talk about anything. He's a he's a football guy. That's what he wants to talk about. So he's like, yep, I'm I apologize if that offended anybody. And he just uh, moves on. New yep. ones like this. Is this yeah. what you're doing on the sidelines? Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go ridiculous but by the way the quote from smith uh quote not just looking at our players on tape but looking at myself on tape in regards to how do we signal plays at the end we have to do things better there for those that i offended i apologize i won't be using that signal again. number three number three hey devon jump in here what is going on with pat mcavee because i know he's been talking about washington state a bunch and i know washington state uh got all worked up uh dicker got all worked up over lee corso so what's the latest now Pat McAfee, um, on the previous college game day this past Saturday, you know how they have the college flags up in the air, and he's like, why is Washington State's flag here? And they're like, oh, it's been here for years. And he's like, were you guys covering them when they were going 2-11? and 11? And they were like, yeah, it's been here for over a decade. So he, he just doesn't get it, and then he goes on his show, and he's also got a fire back at Washington State. I feel like he's digging himself the hole because the coach was right. Lee Corso, uh, maybe they just give him a joke to say. Maybe it was just a misunderstanding. But they were trying to bag on Washington State and Oregon State, and Pat McAfee is, ra- is raging this one-sided war that I'm not just saying he can't win it. You know, He's more popular than Washington State. But it's like, bro, you were wrong and just admit it. Oh, do you think he's doing that? Now this is his firing back? Because Dicker got mad at Corso and ESPN. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm going to take on this fight. Definitely on game day. Yes. I think I think on the flag thing, he he was looking for something to fire fire back on for Corso, and he picked the dumbest thing to pick fight back on. He just showed ignorance, complete ignorance on on going after the Washington State flag. I mean, they did a whole ESPN game day special upon the effort that's taken by Washington State alumni to ensure that that flag is at every college game day. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's a pretty awesome that story. Is, it's been cool going on for, I think, 12 years now. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty cool. And he just looks like a, an idiot for, like, not even knowing anything about that. You're, you're the new dude on college game day. You're trying to, name, you know, like, fit in and make a, a name for yourself in that chair because he definitely does not fit in with their normal mold there. And, uh, you know, I think he was trying – I do think he was trying to go and, and, and sort of clap back for Corso. But this was not the what? thing. You got a million things on Washington State. They coog it all the time. You can talk about that, but the but the but the flag was not the thing. Do you guys watch that show? No, no. Nope. I mean, I know you, you, we were talking last week that because of Corso, and it's not against him. It's I don't know what's happening, why he's on there, and it's, it's rough to watch. I watch it. So if I'm on the road with UNLV and I got time in the morning, I'm sitting there watching it. When I'm at home, that's how I get ready for Saturday. I watch it, and God forbid I do this, but. What is McAfee's role on game day? I, I don't, yeah, I don't think he fits right there. I mean, it's almost, what it feels like to me 
is the Dennis Miller role on Monday Night Football. It's like the off-color, you know, make change up the dynamic and flow of the show to bring. I actually think I, it used to be a staple of mine. So every Saturday I watch College Game Day. I think Fox's morning show is way better. I guess I expect a former NFL and college player to know like the basic stuff about college football and unfortunately he doesn't know the personnel around college football as well as he needs to but am i is that do i have poor expectations on this i mean i think you should expect a baseline of knowledge the fact that washington's washington state's going for their ninth bowl game in like 11 years well, like they've been my, my case was a couple weeks ago he was talking about penn state and he had there was some misinformation on who their quarterback was and i'm like it's one of the 20 best programs in the country oh and, he didn't and, know who drew aller was well, he kind of knew him but he didn't know if he was a talking about him being a juco at one point i'm like yeah he was with the program that's like what you see now that you know see that's something i don't think is acceptable like, is that am i am i being too picky no because our was one of the big names that everybody was going to watch he was supposed to be like hey we're supposed to make penn state's offense explosive and great because you have a potential nfl quarterback but right. that's something that's a really big slip up not knowing the bowl history and the success of washington state i can kind of get it a little bit more but no that's a massive mistake or is he going in thinking you know what i can roll up kind of whacked Corso's on the show so how bad can I be there's no reason it's also a 20 person panel so that's that's the other one it gets it gets crazy and then now you got Stanford Steve and for the other the the other fat guy the bear who's on Fox Uh, by the way have you tracked the picks on both of those guys no I'm not into that all right top two number two who is Dan Robbins and why has he become very popular in Pittsburgh Steeler circles he seems to love the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, for Pittsburgh. Yeah, Dan Robbins is potentially Matt Canada's burner account on Twitter. Is there, is there, <laughs> do you have to say potentially? Yes, I do. Okay. because so, people, so here's the thing. So for those who don't know, so Dan Robbins is this Twitter account that has just been like 100% like full-throatedly defending Matt Canada for some weird reason. Now, it was found out that Danny Football, which I think is his Twitter handle. It's like Danny Football something, something, something. Um, you can find out what their emails were. If you you know apply for you, hey look I forgot my password you put in your Twitter handle it'll tell you hey we're gonna send you an email to this email address but everything start out a lot of security with Elon thanks well, thanks buddy but here's the thing so it's the email address comes up is M A a bunch of stars at S and then a bunch of stars oh, really? so people think are filling it in and it's the same amount of stars if his email address was Matt Canada at Steelers not guaranteed not guaranteed <laughs> he's got a leg to stand up might not be him. You got to stick with allegedly for now, but it doesn't look good for him. I just feel like if I had a burner, right, I can understand accidentally, you know, you didn't realize you were on the same account. It's actually happened to me today. Somebody was trying to send mean things to me and forgot to flip their account and also sent me something nice, which was kind of psychotic and weird. So I understand forgetting to change the accounts. But if you're going to sign up for a, a, like a burner, you don't use your work email. There's no way you do that. You got to be smart. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, frankly, anytime you find anybody on Twitter who is full-throatedly behind a, an assistant or, or yeah. coordinator, you just have to assume it's a burner account and then well, which is clearly what happened here. Hey, what if it's though? What if it's a was it Colangelo, right, where he blamed the burner on his wife? It was like, actually, no, it was my wife that was doing it. Sorry. I <laughs> yeah. think Matt Canada's wife's going to fall on the sword. Be like, sorry, I, I signed up for a Twitter account to defend my husband. Using his email. Number one. What if her name's like Marissa? Right. Yeah. That's All right, we got a lot of legal stories to tackle with Justin Watkins, our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider. Hmm. I saw this the other night when I was watching some L.A. news, which, by the way, we'll reference some L.A. news later on with Arash, when he's in Arash Markazi. Um, in San Francisco, a woman got hit on the street by a taxi 
she got vaulted somewhere, and then a driverless car tried to stop, but then stopped on her, and she was stuck under the rear tire. Yeah. So from a legal standpoint, what what's going to happen here? And we've talked about these driverless cars before. So your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're they're going to be able to make a claim against the uh, software company. So like in the state of Nevada, we've done a, a, a similar law which says I don't have to prove that the car was defective or that the programming of the car was defective. If the car is autonomous and it breaks the rules of the road, I get to treat it just like a negligent driver. I don't have to prove anything more other than it broke the rule of the road. So there'll be sufficient uh, insurance coverage here. You know, I, I just harken back to my legislative days and when they were trying, when all these autonomous vehicle companies were coming in, they, they swore this was impossible. It was impossible for these driverless cars to get in an accident and break a rule of the road. It just would never happen. And, you know, we, we called BS at the time, and but there weren't a lot of instances. And frankly, there still aren't a lot of instances. By contrast, this is very few. I think, not to go off on a complete tangent, but the real risk of autonomous vehicles to me is not that they're more dangerous on the road than human drivers. They're not, they're less, no doubt about it. Is the ability to hack these vehicles and cause mass confusion. I mean, they just closed the strip down for a couple of days because of a hacker. Imagine what you could do when you have, you know, tens of thousands of torpedoes out there that you could just run into buildings and people. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Justin Watkins is here. We get into legal issues. Uh, he's a lover of hockey and college sports and really everything and fantasy football, which, by the way, I don't want to talk fantasy football. My team's falling apart with injuries. Um, I started to get into this yesterday with uh, my car. Had some issues, right? So I've got a tire issue. Um, I found out that tires that I bought in October of 2021 are now all four dry rotted. I'm like, I Two years is not long. And I I don't drive a lot. I've driven 15.5. In two years? In in like, yeah, it's 11 and a half months. 15,000 miles in 11 and a half months. That's a lot. Really? By most standards. 15,000? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, not in 11 months. Uh, 20, it's two years. Two years. Oh, oh okay. Two years, 15,000. Tw- tw- less than 24 months. Yeah. I'm going to say 15,000. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> Um, okay. And so of course you go to tire shops and they're like, Hey, these are going to blow out any minute. You got to get four new tires. Yeah. So then I started to think, I'm like, all right, I know where I got and when I got the tires. Yeah. Um, what does happen if they blow out? Like what's my family going to do when I perish? Well, now, you know, and so nothing, right? Right. Like now, you know, the problem, you've got to go solve the problem. Right. If you didn't know of the problem, then absolutely. Which, which I guess people could be like, you're a moron. You can't see your your tires are like dry rot. No, no, I really, no. I really didn't notice it. Um, so yeah, now I'm efforting yeah. to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I, we're going to see what happens here. This is going to be really interesting in terms of like warranty on tires. And I've, yeah. I've dealt with about five different tire shops and I've gotten really good information from some. And then others are like, basically without saying it, like, we don't have time. Just get four tires. Let's go. Right. But you know me. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm going to look into a warranty. So yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure you had a tire warranty when it was given to you, but yeah, the, like tire blowouts and defective tires are cases that get taken. Um, you know, people, and they're usually catastrophic injuries because if you're got to wow. blow out and you're going 85 miles an hour on the highway, you know, it's usually things don't turn out that great. 
for the audience that's very concerned with me right now i am driving local streets and i'm staying under control okay all right. Well, don't spend two two months in going Fighting chasing yeah chasing this tire warranty no, at the expense of your own safety. Do you drive the car that has the rot yes. to these places? Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Well, how would I do it otherwise? <laughs> do I have a lift at home to take off all the tires? Hey, you, do you have two, are you a two cars household? Can't you take the other one? Eh, people got to work. Got to hit up one of these dentists. I don't. Right I don't really. I don't really ask. For, I mean, if uh, you're willing to go even on, with the person I live with, I'm like, eh, you know, if no, you're going, no willing to go on a drive, I got I got a tire guy. But it's a drive. You can also use a bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a good one. Uh, one of our guys on uh, LV Sports Network, he had a sticker put on his car. And as he described it, he said, I want to live in a world where putting stickers on people's windows is considered vandalism. My car is registered. Uh, my blank is legal. So either the sticker was stolen or it fell below, whatever. Um, oh, he's saying the uh, registration sticker. I guess in his complex. They put some. They put a sticker on his car about get your car registered, which I was like, wait, can a apartment complex police that? Oh, they do it at least sure. before you answer. They've yeah. One time, mine had expired by like a month, but they just saw expired and stuck one of. The, and their stickers are so hard to get off. You got to get one of those razors. It's ridiculous. And they can do that. Yeah, and then yeah. they tow it. By the way, you in the tire place get some goo gone. It works. Oh, I just get a razor. Yeah. If you get goo gone, it kind of like wipes it away, and then you can raise her pretty easily. Uh, Not that I've had experience with these stickers. Not that I have experience with razors. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, so complex yeah, can just do I, this. Well, I mean, it's going to be a part of your lease agreement, right? That you agree uh, to have your car within in registration, and that they could notify you and have you correct it. So, yes, it's your comp complex. Otherwise, you know, if this gets done on the side of the street or public street, I'm I'm with it. I mean, I. You know, I I own my building that we're in right now, and I'll come out, and my car will have all these like little, you know, pamphlets and stuff put in my car. I'm like, hey man, you don't have any right to come here and do this. This is my property, so I know I haven't consented to it. Right? Like I, so you I'm, gotta, and and you're not gonna be able to get that out of a lease, an apartment right. lease or a house right. lease. Hundred percent. My car got towed one time because it had a registration yeah, expired that, tag on it. I had that yeah. Out of Me my too. apartment. Me too. Out of my. Because yep, here's the thing, college. though. My yeah. complaint, you know, it's not so much the stickers. Can you leave me a note? Yeah. Because you come out and you're like, holy smokes, my car got stolen. Like, yeah. it took me an hour to realize, like, oh, maybe it yeah. got towed. You know where I live. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an assigned parking spot. You can leave me a message. So it's part of the contract. So, it, But if you went around the apartment complex and looked at everything that is in disrepair and you put stickers on their window, hey, here's a notice. You need to fix this. And they didn't agree to that. See, but uh, here's the here's this. I would like an addendum. sinister start. In, in, my, in my apartment lease. Here, if I see things that are eyesores and in disrepair, I will put a sticker on your door. Oh, I've been that wanting to really do that. really hard to get like, off. The gate to our complex has not worked in, like, months. And I just want to be like, hey, uh, you yeah. know, you have a reasonable amount of time to correct this, and it's not corrected, but... The, the, the sinister, HOA, the HOA. The sinister part about this complex and what they're doing is you start thinking to yourself, why do they care mm -hmm. about getting a registered vehicle or not in their complex? They don't, but it's a reason for it to tow. The mm -hmm. tow truck driver gives them a kickback for allowing it to happen. And so they're getting paid by finding these. It's a, it's a money-making scheme mm -hmm. for the complex, which is really the sinister part of it. So here's my thing. Speaking of maybe I can sue people. My apartment complex, the keypad to get in is made of steel. Every time I enter the code, I get shocked. I get electrocuted 100% of the time. <laughs> Can I sue them because there's clearly a shorted wire in there where the electricity is getting conducted to the metal? 
if, if I have a pacemaker, doesn't yeah. that like I could? You look. can see it. He's thrown off. He's stuttering more than ever. He loses uh, every time. Every time I touch, ah! every time. No, put a glove on. It's ridiculous. I paying nineteen hundred dollars for this apartment, and I get electrocuted every time I come home. I know, but if it happens every single time, put a freaking glove what on. What if I've asked him about it though? What if I pointed it out to him and they refused to fix it? I know. Welcome to the world, man. That's it. That's just welcome to the world. I could die. <laughs> If it was that serious, you'd be wearing a glove. It's annoying. Is it? I'm sure it is. I take off. My ring is made of steel. I take it off because it gets magnified every time. <laughs> oh my god! John Von Tobel, Justin Watkins. Ridiculous. We're here at Battleborn Injury Lawyers in the Battleborn uh, Battleborn Broadcast Center. All right, explain this YouTuber story here because uh, oh, it's awesome. this is what a prank gone wrong. Yeah, so a YouTuber uh, decided to. This is like a prank thing, right? And so you go up to people. And you start playing stuff in their ear. It's a voice recording. Um, essentially, this one, the phone was broadcasting the phrase, hey, dip ass, quit thinking about my twinkle, uh, repeatedly over and over again. So the guy tells him, he comes up on the guy, puts it in his face. Uh, the victim, in this case of the prank, tells him to stop, tells him to stop multiple times. The guy keeps following him and puts it in his face. So he turns around, one shot, bam, right in the gut or chest area, whatever. And it turns out that he was actually found not guilty on two counts. He was found guilty on, I think, discharging a, a weapon in a crowded space or something like that. But in terms of, I think the term was um, maiming or something like that, a wounding and a second gun charge, he was not convicted. That this is, uh, my question was this, because I actually liked that he wasn't convicted. You can, as a, a prankster, you can just do whatever you want. Like, I feel like there's got to be prank laws at some point, because these things are becoming more and more popular. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm I'm glad he's he's going to end up getting off on all charges because the the charges conflict. Um, he can't be cleared of the first two and still be guilty of the third. Okay. So they've already filed the motion that they're going to get the third one kicked too. Um. So I I, I don't think he's going to end up having any charges. Although he he did serve time while he was waiting trial. Um. I I like number one that the jury understood it and said you know we're not going to allow this to happen. I like number two that the person who was charged the victim of the prank testified on his own behalf and his story is good is i'm a delivery driver and i'm constantly threatened all around and we know as delivery drivers that our uh safety is at issue so i went and got a ccw i have a ccw for this gun and i'm using it to protect myself and i felt threatened and i get it you know like you can't just film anything and 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 on top of it the youtuber got out of you know got out of the hospital he survived and he's out there doing more content that is extreme mm -hmm. and so yeah i i agree i think it's i think it, it is a place where government should step in and say hey you you, you there, i don't know how you define a prank and that's the difficult part of it right. it's kind of like you know um defining porn right like the famous supreme court no. justice says i don't know how to define it but i know it when i see it kind of deal versus porn versus art and i think like prank versus real sort of outrage you know it when you see it but it is difficult to define in words can the guy come back and sue him for damages because he was held on something that he eventually wasn't charged for oh certainly he could have a claim he yeah. could have a claim but i i think it would be well I don't, I don't anticipate either of those because uh his damages would be that your what what your prank caused me and 
that person's not in charge of the DA and pressing charges and all that. I would hope the DA got this and be like, I'm not pressing charges. That would have been awesome. That would have been the best end of the story, you know, but instead they decided to press charges. They decided to go to trial and, uh, you know, the jury saw right through it. So what impressed me the most actually in the whole video, one shot, it was boom, done. Like, okay, you're if you would have fired multiple times, does that change anything? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at any point in which the threat is neutralized, you cannot continue to defend yourself with deadly force. So I I, again, I think you're right. He did it exactly right. Right in the gut. It was great. Damon, can you make this quick? You sent over how enforceable is a gag order with no story and no description. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, no. It was more so about uh, the former president, Trump, where it's like, hey, there's a gag order, but he's still talking about said case. So do the cops just come and pick you up immediately if you're still talking about something that a gag order has been um, enforced on? Depends on what the judge issues the order on. So the judge may sanction the person in in that particular action and make it harder for them to defend themselves or win the action or can hold them in contempt of court and send the police to arrest. They can. Yeah, for me, it was more right. of just so how enforceable is it? There, there's my answer. As enforceable as the judge wants it to be. I'm relieved. I thought it was something with demand specifically. I thought he was going to get into a case. Uh, all right. Coming back. Trevor Bauer released a video yesterday and i thought he presented some pretty interesting evidence that uh he claims wasn't uh made available during some of these hearings he had and a lot of people ran to his side i think everyone needs to be careful but uh it was a really interesting video justin's gonna break it down It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right. Time is short. Let's rip this in here. I don't know where this goes with Trevor Bauer, but he put out a video. And Trevor Bauer, of course, is the former Dodger pitcher, was accused of, you know, know, alleged uh, pretty horrific crimes of really, you know, roughing up a woman and, and doing serious damage and the Dodgers are like we want out baseball's basically said we want out he goes to Japan now he's back what happened that he's now allowed to do this video and then he presented a he claims hey this was all evidence that was available that was not made available and actually held back yeah it's, it's you never see this so uh, i'm going to preface it by by saying that you never see anything like this and that speaks to me volumes about how this legal process played out so he, he claims he was falsely accused by this woman from the word go, and he sued her, and then she then countersued him. And he says in the video, I sued her and knew I was going to pay millions of dollars for attorney's fees that I was never going to get back. But I also knew through that legal process, I was going to be able to obtain proof that I wouldn't be able to obtain outside of the courtroom. And so his goal from the get-go was, it's this is what the discovery phase is and it sounds like they were very aggressive they wanted the phones they got geolocations where were the phones when they got all the text messages not only between them two but anything that the the well she's the defendant in this action but the the alleged victim had with any of her friends or anybody else they got a lot of information and then he talks about it in the video and they started by demanding money. And I said, I'm not paying you a penny. And then they came down. And then I kept saying, nope. And then we had some court hearings. And they lost all these court hearings. 
And at one of the court hearings, we finally discovered even more damning evidence that they had withheld. And the court sanctioned them for it, admonished them for it. And they finally came to me and said, okay, we're going to settle. You don't have to pay us anything. Hmm. And will you drop your suit too? And he basically says, so long as I retain the right to talk about this publicly. And they agreed. Wow. And that never, it has never happened to me in 20 years of practicing. Uh. Never had that. So the fact that this woman lost two preliminary injunctions, she was sanctioned by the court for withholding evidence. The evidence that he presents in that video is videos of her in bed with him, like smirking the day after allegedly being choked to near end of life. She has no marks on her. He has texts between her and her friend that specifically Friends. there's multiple yeah. people yeah. texting one of who's talk- a baseball player yeah talk, and, talking about a plan to do this plan how am i going to get into that 51 million you need to bag them how are you going to do that i'm going to get them to choke me that's the plan they talk about that huh. and so um you know while in his video he gives some commentary that's not evidence you know he is sort of right. giving his perspective of the evidence the evidence is overwhelmingly damning against her and absolutely supports his side of the story from the word go and the fact that they allowed him to retain his right to speak about this publicly means they were not only sure they were going to lose but sure that they were going to lose his initial suit and owe him money Mm -hmm. and that's from the attorneys and the victim so is this dead and buried or can you go after the dodgers major league baseball does he have anything to go with anyone else well here's the tough part is i he didn't have this evidence when he had his hearing in front of baseball because they withheld it so baseball has a plausible deniability because they're saying hey man if it was withheld from you and from the court why do you think we would have had information about this right we didn't we don't have more power than the court does to compel this kind of evidence and so we made a finding based on the evidence we had i still do believe from the word jump and i've been saying this the whole time i still believe that baseball did not present this uh situation uh, appropriately mm-hmm. they didn't address it appropriately they didn't investigate it appropriately they heard what this was about and they took a moral stance on it not a legal one prediction 10 seconds uh, does he play major league baseball again yes right, 766-1400 is a number to contact Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in their state. Uh, Office in Reno, too. Dial 775 in the north. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yeah, we'll post that whole conversation because there's a lot more to it. I'll uh, we'll get the vast digital crew at Lotus to combo what Justin Watkins was just talking about with Trevor Bauer, the former Dodgers pitcher, who basically is you know without being officially banned is banned from Major League Baseball over this case with this woman in Southern California. So we'll put out a video with what Justin said because that was concise and was really good, and we'll also combo it with the video from Bauer, and you'll kind of be blown away the kind of evidence. Uh, that he's got and also the agreement that the uh, female side got so freaked in court 
that they agreed to drop the suit and also give him the rights to say anything he wanted about the case moving forward. That is lunacy because Trevor Bauer will not stop. Oh, now? No. And like you said, you know what? And I don't blame if he is a hundred percent innocent in this thing and he got railroaded, you shouldn't stop. You know, I am going to fight my tire situation until the very death. Hopefully not my actual death. And I, I think it should be brought up as well. I, I mentioned this to you uh, off the air, which was, and if you're a woman out there, you've got to be pissed yep. because if, there was already. If this is true. If Bauer's yep. side is true and this was a setup, it's already hard for victims to come forward. Yep. There was already an immediate resistance to everything. And now you have this high profile case. Uh, we were talking for those who don't remember, former football player Brian Banks, who was falsely accused and put in jail for a while for that. Um, and they're they're going even if it's only two, they're going to point to it every time. And how you can work against essentially your own people like that, being a woman like that, that's brutal. All right, we've been stockpiling some NBA stories. We want to get to a bunch of them here. Uh, a lot more on Dame going to play with Giannis and some of the other trades, flipping Drew Holiday back across the country to Boston. I thought you'd find this interesting. Uh, you know, Nick Wright's a really big NBA guy, and he was talking at a very simple level here. But I wanted you to hear it about what Dame is going to do for Giannis that is kind of it's kind of limited Giannis in terms of you know maybe reaching and the Bucks from reaching that next level of being a superpower. Damian Lillard averaged 32 points per game last year. Other than Steph Curry, who obviously not available, I would argue the following. There is not a superstar in the league that better fits with Giannis. When teams play Giannis, what do they try to do? Pack the paint, take away spacing. Well, when you've got a guy who can hit from 40 feet out, you have instant spacing. Don't disagree. I think it's a it's it's hand meat glove. It's going to be awesome to watch them play. Do you drop? Do you double? Do you switch? You, they can kill you in almost every single way imaginable. Explain the drop. So if, when you're talking about uh, drop coverage, essentially what you do is as your center in a pick and roll, you're going to drop back. You're going to give it space because you're going to not want to get beat. You're going to make sure that you prioritize rim protection. Right. So you can drop and make sure that Giannis doesn't kill you on the roll. Well, guess what? When you do drop, that leaves a soft area for a really good jump shooter. I think Dame's a pretty good jump shooter <laughs> to kind of pull up in that like no zone and kill you from that area of the floor. If you want to switch, well, then all of a sudden you've got a big on Damian Lillard or you've got a small guard, smaller guard on Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you want to double, Lillard's a good enough passer. That has been pointed out in times like, hey, if there's a weakness to Damian Lillard's game, he hasn't really handled like that double really well, especially when it's brought out like early in the floor. He's still good enough to beat you on that. So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch because I don't know what you're going to do to beat them. Damon is now a regular on Cofield and Company and – Many reasons we like him here, but he reads a lot of sources that I do not read. And he's very much into Dove climate. the <laughs> ringer. Um, Damon, they did a story on player empowerment and how maybe some NBA executives looked at the Dame situation and now they're flexing a bit. Like, it ain't the same as it was. Players aren't going to always get what they want. Yes, and I th- believe that was by Howard Beck. But it's so tired, the, hey, player empowerment now – the organizations, they're getting the power back from these superstar <laughs> players who have held the league hostage by getting their way. It's okay, give me a break. Like, star players were not are not just out here holding organizations at ransom. Get me five other all-stars or else I'm leaving. 
it's I think that the narrative has shifted too much and the average fan is oh these these millionaire players they just want to complain they get you know champagne and caviar they can't just win Michael won with nobody it's it, I think that people too much want to bag on the players for just wanting to get to the best situations I also think it's wrong because Giannis got his way Giannis spent Very all true. off season right like Giannis spent all off season saying guys. Yeah, I'm due for a contract extension. I'm not signing it. It doesn't make financial sense. I don't know if we're making the right direction. I don't know if I'm going to be happy here. So I'm not signing that contract extension. And then what happened? The Milwaukee Bucks went, hmm, let's go get Damian Lillard to make Giannis Antetokounmpo happy. All we learned was that when you have five years, four years left on your contract, which is what Damian Lillard has, yeah, you don't have any control to pick and choose where you want to go. But he did have control, and then guess what Damian Lillard said? I don't want to be in Portland anymore. And guess where he ended up? With a chance to win a championship with another team that's better. So I don't know if this is like a win. Are there fans listening to this? And they're like, I hate this. Are you just jealous? Like, because you you can't do this at your job? None of us can? Because there are fans who win here. I actually think the way Portland handled it, Blazers fans win. And by the way, Mm -hmm. the Blazers were in this position because they couldn't line up a great team around... Lillard, that's your fault. You didn't get the job done. The player has the right to move upward or onward and upward. And on the Giannis side, right, Bucks fans, whether you believe that this is a great you know improvement to the team or not, you know there could be people who are like defense, Holiday's better. I don't like the deal, but I think most Bucks fans are like, we get to keep Giannis, and now we've got a legendary shooter uh, because Giannis flexed his muscle a little bit. Yeah, th- there's a pressure on organizations when you step in it, and we can give them credit, like oh, good scouting. You know, they landed a great player. These guys, was Lillard, what, the sixth or seventh pick in a draft? Something like that. And, and uh, Giannis was like the 13th. When when you nail a guy like that, right, your job is to keep him around the rest of his career, but that means your personnel work has to be good. Do your job. Front office and owner, build a winner. And if you don't, at some point, the player can be like, yeah, I'm tired of this. I'm getting old. And by the way, the Bucs have been notoriously poor at that, too. Yep. You you look at the contributors to that those teams for Milwaukee, it's not a lot of homegrown talent there. They've been supplanting guys, and, and and like that's the thing when it comes to like, hey, the player empowerment and squashing that down. Giannis has done this perfectly. He is for people who don't remember, he kicked and screamed and complained before about the build in this team and whether or not he was going to stick around when he was up for a contract extension. Then the team went and got Drew Holiday, and so now it's happened again. So I think the only thing that we've learned is, hey, if you're under contract, you're really not going to get what you want. But in, like, let's say two years, let me double-check with Joel Embiid's contract where it's at right now. Joel Embiid's the next big name to watch because if he's not happy, in two years, all of a sudden, you're going to look around and go, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of done here. Like, I'm out. Like, yeah, right now, he's got a player option for 26-27. So, theoretically, he's got two more years left. Do you think Giannis gets a pass because of how he conducts himself? Like, the old uh, shucksness of him. the Not so much the foreignness, but the exuberance that the way that he portrays himself that people I can't be mad at Giannis he's not one of these bougie superstars I think but I think he gets a pass not for that demand but I think he gets a pass because inherently what he's saying is I want to stay here you've just got to prove to me that I should and so there's I think there are people look at that as somewhat (laughs) admirable as oh he just wants to he wants to stick around you just have to make sure that you do it right by my measure and I think that's kind of why you don't view him as a player who is stomping his feet and trying to get what he wants and I don't want to go full cowherd, who's become very, you know, L.A. is the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard him the other day 
cracking on Eagles fans. We got Eagles rounds this week, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Eagles fans were coming across the country and potentially invading SoFi. And he's like, well, there's nothing to do in Philly. And like, Philly's a very nice city. There's plenty to do there. But LA is a cool place to go. You don't have to crap on every market. But I'm going to here with Milwaukee. When you're in Milwaukee and you nailed it, by the way, a 15th pick, Giannis mm-hmm. was. Yeah, you have to do a little bit more to keep superstars happy. Because as people get older, especially wealthy people, they want to live places where they want to live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not dumping on Milwaukee, but there are times a year there where I'm sure it's abhorrent if you don't like cold weather. I've, I've always asked, why did people, you know, whatever your ancestors did, I don't know why they were like, you know what? This bitter cold and snow, we have to stay let's here. establish our roots here. We have to stay here forever. <laughs> Damon, why was NBA media day great? Mainly Jimmy Butler. Come on, let's, let's keep it 100. All right, fill me in because both of you guys have a Butler angle here. What is it? He came dressed as emo Jimmy. Me and JVT, we can relate. I'm sure you've seen the memes, ball out boy. I mean, I loved it all. Jimmy Butler Eat World, which is yeah. uh, also a very good one. These are all like old school, like emo bands. Yes, okay. he, had his, um, he had his hair straightened out, facial piercings. And JVT, is this true that the media day pictures, these are the ones that the NBA has to use for the promotional uh, pictures? Yeah. <laughs> so for, for people who might not remember, if you actually watched NBA games last year, Whenever they would do the Jimmy Butler headshots, he would actually have those dreads that he wore. Like, and you're like, wait a minute, he doesn't have these massive dreads. He did this last media day. He showed up in these massive dreads. He forced them to take all the media screenshots and everything like that in, you know, with the dreads. So the wow. entire year, that was his player picture. So now this year, his player picture is going to be emo Jimmy Butler the entire season because that's when they update the headshots for all of these guys. It's brilliant. It's one of the greatest trolls. I, I think it's his thing now. He should do it every single year with a different look. Uh, he had a great jacket on, which on the pocket said, the harder you look, the harder you look, which is great if you really think about it, Steve. you got to really think deep about that kind of phrase. Um, like the, you know, the realize, realize, realize. Uh, it's a really good phrase. I love what he did. Here's the thing. You're allowed to have fun. Are you? Yes. Whoa. The Miami, yes. How do the Heat win? There's no fun. Pat Riley's around. This is no where fun. I think. No fun. And, and coming off of this offseason, you look like jackasses. So there was a report. Do we have this? We could play it. Mm-hmm. So there was a report after this. A longtime Miami Heat beat writer, uh, Mike Wallace, said that apparently the Heat organization hated what Jimmy did. 98.9% of the Miami Heat organization was totally uncomfortable with what Jimmy Butler was doing yesterday. Like, completely, like, this is so anti-Miami Heat culture, Miami Heat, what we stand for. My, like, I've been around that organization, and I remember how much of a, of a back-and-forth, all-out war that went on, relatively speaking, behind the scenes, because LeBron James wanted to wear a headband. What are you like? What are what? we doing? <laughs> what? What are we doing? It, it, he is because here's the thing. Whatever you want to say about your culture, Jimmy Butler single-handedly has dragged your team to multiple finals appearances, nah. and three out of the four years or whatever it's been, he's been in the Eastern Conference Finals. Him by himself. If Jimmy Butler wants to show up naked to media day, nah. you let him do it. He's been incredible for this team since you got him. How like honestly? How dare you? How dare you let this report get out about Jimmy Butler? That's ridiculous. The funnier part is, if LeBron said, not one, not two, not three, well, you're not going to be doing anything here if you're wearing that headband. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the breaking point. It's, and it goes back, you know, think about it. It goes back to uh, Job of the Bull. Uh, remember Jerry Krause, mm-hmm. right? 
And Jerry Krause had free agent visits in when they had a chance with a lot of money to turn their franchise around after they stupidly broke up Jordan and Pippen. And then they were like, hey, we can't we can't do it anymore. We got to get started early on this. And guys like Tracy McGrady came in and they were freaking turned off by the Bulls management being all freaking stodgy and having all these rules. And he's like, yeah, OK, no, thanks. And think about the offseason that just happened. You lost out on Damian Lillard. You lost out on Drew Holiday. And a good reason why you lost it on Damian Lillard was your own arrogance as an organization that, of course, you're going to take our deal. So maybe you should just have some little bit of self-reflection and stop taking yourself so seriously. Just just a thought. Literally, humility, right? And uh, and now they're all mad because uh, Portland's being mean and trading players to the Eastern Conference just to stick it to them. Good! They should! Yes! Keep doing it! Rub salt in the freaking wound!